You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, Al Cheaters. Welcome to the Al Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Doing well, Josh. The World Cup Minute is now in the rearview rear mirror. Goodbye, Qatar. Uh, we're looking ahead now to Fantasy Premier League. The Premier League kicks back off a week from today on Monday, December 26th. So it is time to pick up our fantasy teams, figure out what to do with these unlimited transfers, so, Josh, in the next hour or so, what are we trying to accomplish? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I think we're all... It was hard not to be all in in this World Cup. It was it was so entertaining from basically the... From start to finish. And even if you... Even if you were sort of put off by all of the political stuff around the World Cup, that was very engaging as well. Like it was, it was a World Cup that was hard to take your eyes off of, no matter what way you sliced it. And I think uh, over the last couple of days, I had to remind myself that we have double game weeks coming up over the next right. couple of weeks. That we have a completely packed fixture schedule. I mean, game week seventeen goes almost directly into game week 18 and game week 18 does go right into game week 19. So a lot of matches right off the bat. And, and for, I, I, you know, for anyone who, I think even if you're an experienced fantasy manager, it's a, it's a hard pivot to make. You're you're really having to sort of get your brain back into playing a game uh, instead of just sort of watching. I, I, there was a fantasy game from the, for, for the world cup, but it seems like everyone basically hated it from, I don't know, minute one, minute zero. It just, it was not, it was not a hit. So I don't think we, I don't think we brought it, brought any new listeners based on that uh, World Cup fantasy game. Right. There's, there's something about the World Cup that is uh, anathema to fantasy. Like it just, just based on the last month, it was basically fantasy in and of it, of itself uh, to be poetic about it. But yeah, getting back into club football, fantasy is just like a great partner in crime with what you're watching every weekend. And I genuinely think I can get close to replicating my heightened emotional state during some of those World Cup matches while watching Crystal Palace v. Fulham on Boxing Day. And that is genuinely like the beauty of playing fantasy is it kind of gets those those uh, juices flowing. It gives you a little uh, skin in the game. It really does. It's it's every week. It doesn't matter. It can be a, a, a you know a cold Tuesday night in Stoke City, Brandon. Uh, mm-hmm. Sadly, they're not in the Premier League right now. They the, hopefully, fingers crossed, Brandon. We'll see Stoke. <laughs> it's just not the same without Stoke City in the Premier League, is it? Yeah, the metaphors just don't land unless Stoke is here. It's true. I mean, how how many? Uh, yeah, but could Messi do it on a Wednesday night? Yeah. In, in Stoke, tweets did you have to swim through oh. after that World Cup win? Oh. I mean, I have memories that I, I feel like I have celebrated mid-table clashes with maybe not a hundred percent of the intensity that I watched the the maybe actually honestly it probably was a hundred percent. It was probably with the exact intensity that I that I've watched yeah. that I watched that World Cup final. And uh, I mean, yeah, just it, it, it kind of doesn't matter. And that's that's sort of the beauty of, of fantasy. That's why it's fun to play. Is I, I have a, a distinct memory from a couple of years ago. I don't know why this sticks with me so much, but it was um, it was a midweek match. I mean, I, probably because I'm thinking about the return of midweek fixtures, which would you know I'm I, I have to get back to work, Brandon, when these <laughs> uh, when some of these games kick off. <laughs> but a, a distinct memory of like the ninety fifth minute. This when Lucas Dean played for Everton. Mm-hmm. And it's like a 95th minute free kick uh, goal that he scored. And he got the got the free kick goal, and then he got three bonus points. And it was I I, I went from I think it was you know two points that week to ten from Lucas Dean. I remember in this empty conference room, it was like 4:55 p.m. Just me just celebrating quietly alone. And that is the kind of weird <laughs> weird joy that that fantasy brings. And we all yeah. anyone who's 
listening to this podcast probably has those dumb moments where yeah. it, ju- it just brings out. And it, I, I think that's really what makes it different than the World Cup, but maybe more sustainable. Now, the World Cup is, is so intense and yeah. so immersive, but you can't you can't live that way. I mean, I don't know about you. It's it's hard to answer emails at times during the last <laughs> month, right? There's just so yeah. so much. I was just, it was just so entertaining. There was just so much to watch and enjoy. You know, you see the headline about some poor soul gone too soon. Oh, he died. What happened to him? Oh, he yeah. he lived too hard. And that's kind of yeah. what it would be like to have the World Cup every year or every every weekend yeah, exactly. for the week. Yeah, <laughs> there'd be so it's many headlines of, of fallen FPL managers around the world. Yeah. Exactly. The, the intensity level can't. But so the FPL, and it should be fun, and it should be goofy, dumb fun, like celebrating in a conference room alone at 4.55 p.m. or whatever whatever your version of fun is, Brennan. That's, that, that happens to be mine. And I, I think that it's it just, it, it is a, it's just a, it is, it is fun. And I think you and I, um, we had a, I feel like I'm doing, it's like a big preamble here. We're actually going to talk about um, the wild, you know, unlimited transfer moves and, and the fixtures and all that stuff. Yeah. But just as a, as a, as a, as a restart here, because it has been six weeks. I was looking at when we last did an NFL or NFL, a, a FPL podcast, Brandon. And I think it was November 6th. So that it's almost six weeks since we, since we, you know, did yeah. our last FPL podcast. And it's, it's kind of, you know, unusual. It's like turning the, the, the tap back on you kind of it's just yeah. a, you know it's a, you're getting a little bit of that like brown sludgy water you and I have restarted this podcast about six times because we can't yeah. figure out how to talk about this we have to kind of get ourselves back in it again but I think the last we're kind of we're through the other side now the last couple of years have been really crazy you had you had covid and then even you know which which really lingered for about three years in the premier league and then and then you had the world cup this year which compressed the fall and led to a kind of chaotic schedule what we're coming back to in on boxing day is actually a very typical uh mm-hmm. schedule this is they, they all there's always a very a heavy um festive fixture calendar it's a little heavier i suppose this time around uh just because they they have a couple of them there's also the queen's death there's a lot a lot happened uh, to throw off uh these matches we've so lived a few lives haven't we yeah but we've come out the other side i think there's really it should be a fairly normal calendar next year the second the second half of this year i i think that a lot of people are not going to be able to get back on the the fpl bus so if you're listening to this podcast and like this is your chance this is your chance to crack the top 10k or to crack the top or to like or win your win a mini league or something like that if if you've had a couple of down years there is such an edge in being ready to go out of the mm-hmm. gate for for game week 17 uh which is which is the the boxing yeah. day match if you if you even just have your team set and ready to go and if you, if everyone else just catches up over the next few days after you that is such an edge that you're going to have you know coming right out of the gate yeah. So where are we after the World Cup? I saw some stats that yeah. the Premier League, uh, compared to the other major leagues in the world, mostly Europe, sent like the vast majority of, of players to the World Cup. But as we look at those players who you know, spent played a lot of minutes in the World Cup, there aren't many yep. who have huge fantasy implications, you know, like the the our biggest defender asset of the season so far is Kieran Trippier, only played about two hundred minutes for England. Erling yeah. Holland didn't go. Mo Salah didn't go. Kevin De Bruyne was out very early through Belgium. So I I really just don't see beyond a couple of goalkeepers like Lloris and Emmy Martinez, who yeah. may have not been in our thoughts anyway. Um I, I I'm actually encouraged by this, you know, the ongoing theme of always cheating tabula rasa. We've got a bit of a clean slate going into Boxing Day. I don't feel like our our creativity or our imagination has to be too hampered. There are, you know, while while there are, are shining lights like Holland and Saller are going to be ready to fire away for our fantasy teams, certainly a player like Gabriel Jesus his injury coming out of the World Cup, maybe being out for another two to three months, yep. is, you know, how big of a ripple effect is that going to have on Arsenal, who has been a huge fantasy team? Forget what Arsenal is doing in real life. Yeah. So um, I, I think we've got to go through, I mean, what do you think we're going to do here, Josh? We're going to go through sort of like every position and talk about the standout players that we might want to consider for our unlimited transfers? A little bit. I feel like we should actually just catch up a little bit of just give people a sense of what's coming fixture wise. I think that's yeah. that's sort of useful. And then we can talk a little bit about 
about, I think, who has... So a little fixture talk, Brandon, to kick things off. Uh, and then I want to talk a little bit about the teams that you and I are looking to build with our unlimited transfers. As a reminder, uh, unlimited transfers are are active and available to anybody. You don't have to activate it with Wildcat. You just have unlimited transfers until, uh, I suppose, it's 90 minutes before the kickoff of, of Game Week 17 the Boxing Day matches, and there are no price changes either, so there's really no urgency. You can, you honestly could listen to this pod, file away what you thought about, and then wait until, I don't know, you've had something like Christmas, a Christmas roast, Brandon, and then you mm-hmm. can go ahead and finalize those transfers. As long as you don't forget to do it, it's not going to cost you anything uh, at all. I, I have actually only made, I think, one transfer so far to my team, so I don't even really have a fully set bus team yeah. myself, Brandon. If I get hit by a bus tomorrow... And I'm in a coma. I am kind of screwed for for game week 17. Maybe. I bet. I bet if we looked at your team, your team wouldn't be all that bad. I broke out my fantasy squad from game week 16, and I was like, "Well, this team is is pretty good." Now is the time for you to like. I I guess I'm afraid of overhauling my team for overhauling's sake, but mm-hmm. at the same time, having these unlimited transfers going into the next game week is the perfect opportunity to. Yeah. Uh, fix what's broken and maybe kill a few darlings to use a creative writing term. You know, I think yeah. we have to talk about Gabrielle Martin. Uh, um, yeah, Gabrielle what? Martinelli. Well, Martinelli. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, two, I've got J- Jesus I've, and Martinelli. Yeah, <laughs> I've got Emmy Martinez on on the brain apparently. Um, but yeah, there are a few of those guys who have been with us since the very start of the Premier League season and. And uh, yep. I'm worried that their their time may be up in my fantasy squad. But yeah, I I have a, an iPhone filled with screenshots of tinkers. I have yet to make a transfer yep. myself because usually a tinker of mine involves getting rid of somebody who I have you know 0. 0.5 to to one million in value yeah. built up, in, and it's just like oh, I feel so bad to get rid of those players yeah. on a whim. If you, if you yeah, if if there was even a the remotest possibility that you would want to bring them back, right? With, without yeah. without any price changes happening, there's just no point, right? Yeah. Because not saying not that we drop. that we wouldn't yeah. do that. It's just a I want to know that this is going to yeah. be a close to final decision when I actually pull the trigger. I think the double game weeks coming up are are a factor as well, and that that change, the idea of staying completely still, I think, is less. Um, uh, feels, I don't know, like I, I, I'm less inclined to do it because I think that um, I, I do want to set myself up a little more for the doubles than I am right now. Um, so let's, speaking of, let's look ahead to the return of fantasy. Let's look at the fixtures that we have over the next couple of weeks. So uh, in game week 17, we've got, um, or game week, I, I should say, I, I want to look at the dates that these take place. So just mm-hmm. give everyone a mental picture of what's ahead. Um, December 26th to the 28th is game week 17. So it's stretched across three days. You get one day off. I think that's a Thursday. You get Thursday, December 29th off. That's a good time to check in with your family. Make sure they're all doing okay. <laughs> then uh, December 30th, that Friday, it returns. We have fixtures on December 30th, December 31st, and January 1st. So right through from, from New Year's Eve to, to January 1st, you have fixtures. And then what I think is the trickiest turnaround. And this is this is not this is not new. This is something that we've all Experienced managers have gotten used to this, but it's it it a lot of people fall on the shores of these of these Christmas double game weeks. So this has happened time and again. Someone's new to fantasy, they're enjoying themselves, and they're like, I just could not figure out what the heck I was supposed to do. Is that like so like an Omaha Beach reference? Well, that was intense. I know, yeah. Yeah. It, it was I yeah, exactly. I guess it kind of was an Omaha Beach thing. I don't really know, but it's just it is it is a lot of people have have fallen on the shores of 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 these uh oh, okay. of, let's go with these, it. Yeah, the fe- festive fixtures. And what makes it even trickier is that the third game week, so game week 19, not only does it kick off on January 2nd, so you know, li- literally one day after the, after the last game week ends, but it, it features the first double game weeks of the season. You have Fulham play away to Leicester and home to Chelsea. Chelsea play uh, host Man City and away to Fulham. Not the greatest double game weeks, but they're they're double game weeks, and 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 they have to be um, strongly considered, especially because Chelsea have two good fixtures before the double as well. And what we do with Chelsea is is kind of the crucial question that I feel like everyone is really thinking about uh, as as they build their as they build their squads um, with these unlimited transfers. You have a little bit of a break because you have this. Um, the doubles are played. Um, the the I guess it's the whatever it is. The Fulham Chelsea match is played. Uh, 
like a week after the um the first kind of the first 10 fixtures of that game week are played right because it's a mm-hmm. bonus fixture it's a makeup fixture one of the queen's death uh postponement uh fixtures from R. from R. the R. fall r.i.p so um and then you have a you have an fa cup match um over that over that weekend so it's it's a long it's a long game week and then Another kind of a longy, Brandon, uh, from mm. uh, game week 20 is uh, January 13th to the 19th. Game week 21 is January 21st to the 23rd. And then if you look a little further down uh, in game week 23, Man City and Arsenal double. Now, this is all not, I'm not expecting people to like, be writing this stuff down, but it's, it's good to have a sense that you have five game weeks that begin on December 26th and conclude on January 23rd, right? So five game weeks in whatever that is, like 29 days. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a lot to to get yourself ready for. It's not it's not hard. I mean, it's not it's not like <laughs> impossible. You could probably put together a pretty good limited transfer team and be basically basically set up and fine. But it's it's that feeling that you want to optimize it. The feeling yes. that you want to. I would say, as a general rule, I. We almost never plan more than two game weeks ahead with the transfer. I, I, I this, I, I sometimes I see these people, and, and and you know, congratulations if you can do it. But my I, my mind changes too much. You know, these people are <laughs> yeah. like, all right, here's my plan. Here's my team for seventeen. Here's the move I'm going to make in eighteen. I'm going to hold my transfer in nineteen. I'm going to make these two transfers in twenty, and then I'm going to do this. And it's like. That's assuming no one gets injured. That's assuming I don't change my mind. That's assuming the player that I targeted, uh, that I was going to target, doesn't start to play poorly, or the player that I was going to drop starts to play so well that it makes me nervous about dropping him. Or there's a third player that comes out of nowhere that starts playing amazingly well. The Almiron wild card always lurks. I'm sure you've read Dave Eggers' heartbreaking work of staggering genius. It was like uh, um, a a popular, I don't know if you call it a faux memoir uh, from the early aughts, but mostly uh, mostly true. Mostly true, yeah, Yeah. if not all true. Dave Eggers, he's talking about his dad who'd recently passed, and his dad would always talk about how he was a great driver. I'm a great driver because I'm always thinking 10 moves ahead. And I remember reading that (laughs) thinking like, wow, that would make you a great driver. But I agree, in FPL terms, if you're thinking 10 moves ahead, you're going to miss the uh, giant semi-truck coming from over here that's going to totally T-bone yep. your car. <laughs> because, so maybe <laughs> just like uh, shorten the scope of that to two or three moves, and then you will be able to still be nimble to other things coming into the, uh, the, yep. the, the field of play, you should say. Yeah, it's it, it just yeah, exactly. Just keep your keep your eyes on the road, Brandon. And, and yeah, it's not it's, <laughs> ten and two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And don't 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 ruin someone else's bus. You know, don't don't put someone else in a bus team <laughs> scenario. <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh, all right. So that's 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 where we are. I I want to note that we have a second half league that we've kicked off. Uh, that that code is on our Twitter. It's you can also get it from our Slack. Uh, that code though is O Z C. XBN. I'll say it one more time, Brendan. O Z C X B N. That's the code. If you if you go to the Fantasy Premier League website, you can join our second half league. That is a league that kicks off in game week 17. So everything that's happened up until that moment does not matter. All the points start with these Boxing Day matches um, on on Monday. So it's it's a nice if you've if you've had a rough season so far, it's a nice time to reset. I I want to offer prizes for this, Brendan. I, I don't know if we've figured out what we sh- what we want to give away yet. I, I think at the yeah. very least we give a like we could do a, a kit for the winner, like we did for have, our uh, um, monthly. Giveaway. I think so too. Yeah, we we uh, we got a good good buy in for the WorldSoccerShop.com kit giveaway for our last contest so yeah let's do that that sounds good everybody loves a good kit all right free kit of your choice from worldsoccershop.com if you win our second half league so hopefully that uh, juices things up a little bit and get and i also think it's just nice it's a nice time to reset i think even if you uh you know even if you even if one league is not enough for you i you can also start a head-to-head league with your friends or let's say you're listening right now and you and you and two other people got really into the world cup and you're listening to this podcast for the first time just deciding whether you even want to do fantasy at all and hopefully we haven't scared you off with the opening 20 <laughs> minutes of this week's pod then uh you can also just start a head-to-head league with your friend i feel like people don't take advantage of head-to-head leagues enough i'm shocked by how much fun i've had doing a head-to-head league with, with you over the years and it's just yeah. every single week it's just one f- little thing to see whether we can whether I cannot Who's score you, you cannot score me yeah and then you sort of it's like a running tally and you know it's it even if you have even if you even if you outscore me by 37 points that week it resets the next week and it's kind yep. of a fun way to uh 
to to get through the season. Everybody in fantasy Premier League can be guilty of becoming obsessed with their overall rank. How do they stack up against the rest of the worldwide field? And yeah, the head to head brings it down to a very personal level, and um, that makes it yeah, it makes it fun for yeah. those who are like maybe you're having a good season. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Maybe I'm having a really good season. You're having a terrible season, hypothetically speaking. Um, mm. Everyone is on equal footing, so so that's good. Exactly, and I, I you know the other way to do it. Too and I, I just hear so often about people who have like a nine year old, and the the nine year old is starting to get into the Premier League, and they're starting to watch it together, and then they get the nine year old into fantasy, and the nine year old starts doing really well, and it's just I, I think a head to head league is a really fun way to do that with your kid because then you don't have to worry about them being either you being 100 points ahead or they being 100 points ahead. It's just every week you kind of get like a clean slate reset. So um, I, I, you know, I think that's really a fun way to, to dip your toe into. And just with this, with this long break in the restart, I think that's a fun way to do it. Um, Brandon, the, if you want to talk a little bit more about fantasy and the lead up and uh, let's say everything that's happening on Twitter right now has scared you off that as a place to talk, that would be, that would mm-hmm. be understandable. The chaos, my wife walked in, uh, it showed me the, the Elon poll last night about whether or not he should, uh, <laughs> drop out. I was just like, what, how long is this going to go on for? Like this is, no. but so if you just want something a little more sane and normal and fun, I highly recommend going to the always cheating slack. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash always cheating at the lowest pledge tier, which is a couple bucks a month. You are able to support the podcast podcast which which we really appreciate which helps us to keep doing yeah. this every week and you get access to our slack at the higher tiers you get an extra podcast each week and t-shirts and all sorts of other stuff so patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go we're gonna take a break we're gonna get back and talk more about game week 17 and the fpl restart we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, right, Brian, we're back. We've got some listener questions about the restart. And I think it, as we go through these, it's going to cover all of the like big questions that people are thinking about with, with, with fantasy coming back. So I'm going to kick things off with a question from our old buddy, Jamo. He says, Jamo? It's Jamo, isn't it? Uh, he says, uh, how are you both handling the unlimited transfers? The unlimited transfers. Have you got drawn into the template? Or are you trying to go blind to make fantasy fun again? Hashtag MFFA. <laughs> yeah. The template. I think the template is interesting in terms of a debate at the start mm-hmm. of the season. The template then, I feel like, as the season goes, becomes less of a template and more of a these players are just the players who are doing well, players being uh, fan- <laughs> fantasy picks. Uh-huh. And, and, and the template sort of morphs into here's the dream team. Here's the team that is... Um, scoring the most points maybe the the template does tend to include maybe one or two far afield picks that we believe are going to do good do well in the future but as far as the template now i don't know what it is i don't know what it would be other than uh other than sort of what we knew it to be uh before the break and and so then we were talking about our current fantasy teams don't look all that bad prior to unlimited transfers. So what's going to change? I do think that the templates are going to involve the double game week teams, but they're also like going to involve a couple of key teams. I understand that Manchester United factors heavily into a lot of managers thinking. And 
I've spoken to a few. I was we were I was talking to our friend Michelle the other day, and she was tinkering with her unlimited transfers, and we landed upon a triple Manchester United team, and I think we're going to see a lot of Yuck. that. And I, I I'm I'm compelled by it. I'll tell you what I am compelled by it. And there are some. I think what what the what the templates going into game week seventeen might show are what are the um, stories real or weird, real or false coming out of the World Cup? Like, oh, uh, Ronaldo is dead and buried, and Bruno Fernandez from Manchester United is here to stay. We've got him, got to get him back into our teams. Have players like Bruno done enough in the World Cup, or um, is is the changing of the guard at Manchester United post CR seven? enough to have us take a chance on him yeah. going into See, this game is, week 17. This is why um, not looking at the template has has like been so good for me this season because I uh, have not been considering Man United assets. Uh, like, I mean, I, I just like I, I, their midfield, I wouldn't have anyone from the midfield or a forward line. And so I'd, I'd be curious when you looked at three players from there, like what were the three players that you were that you were considering? Do you remember? Like, uh, Sure. Uh, Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandez, and uh, be it De Gea or a defender. If you look at Manchester United's upcoming next three fixtures, it's home Nottingham Forest. Yeah. It's away Wolves. And then it's home Bournemouth. It's two out of three home fixtures um, yeah. against some of the weakest opposition in the division. Yeah, I guess I just don't. I, I think the fixtures are good. I I agree. I just I don't trust any of their players in fantasy. Maybe that maybe that's something that's going to come back to haunt me. And uh, you can you can clip this out in, in a week <laughs> from now when when they yeah. you know wax Forest eight nil at home. I I think that the game week twenty six fixtures are going to be. A little bit like game week one, a little. The game week seventeen fixtures. You're 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 conflating December twenty six with game week twenty six. Right. Um, the yeah, exactly. You know. The December twenty six fixtures. The game week seventeen fixtures. I think they're going to be a little bit like game week one, where they're a little um, a little unpredictable, and it makes me feel like I want to default to the best teams as much as possible. I don't consider Man United one of the best teams in um, the Premier League. I, okay. I, maybe I look, f- I, I look I just, forward to hearing what you, who you think are the best teams. I don't know. Uh, Man City and uh, Arsenal. and That's actually a great question. Who do I consider the best teams in the Premier League right now? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to say. I mean, okay, I guess I'll go Man C- Arsenal, Man City, and New- Newcastle. I'll give those three their shine. Those are just those reading are one, the two, league three. table now? Well, <laughs> I'm looking at the table. I'm looking at the table. I I would still consider Liverpool one of the best teams, certainly fantasy-wise, if not. if not, I mean, the the fantasy stuff is is an important factor, though, because Man United, I mean, Marcus Rashford is is not even a, like a full-on starter. I mean, you had Rashford on the stretch in fantasy. He wasn't exactly a great fantasy asset for you. I mean, he's a... You know, he's, a, he's an inconsistent own in fantasy. I suppose Brighton have some value just because they're so cheap. Um, and so I, I see a little bit of value there. I, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, yeah, I mean, now I'm just going back into fantasy talk and sort of the teams I actually like talk. But I, I wouldn't, this is not a week where I would be taking flyers on teams I haven't trusted going into the break. Maybe that's a more simple mm-hmm. way to say it and not get every Man United fan mad at me. Like they always are because I am constantly saying <laughs> negative things about Man United. I don't even mean to, I just default to it. I can't, I can't help it. You know, the Ronaldo thing really put me into a, into a difficult place. And then the Jaden Sancho thing, uh, no, dear. we don't need to rehash that Brandon. But I think, I think in general, uh, I have not, I have not paid any attention at all to the, uh, <laughs> to the template. And I was surprised and I kept seeing Miguel Almiron's name pop up, for example. I mean, you know, he got hot down the stretch there, but I, I don't know. I'm not really, I, he's, I'm, he's not someone I'm strongly considering, um, at the moment. And I, I, you know, I just think that what I, what I'd say, what, what I think a good rule of thumb is, this is what I have done all season. I think, I think quite well, the 20 K have not looked at the template stuff at all this season, completely avoided. If I see someone like Andy on Twitter, share his fantasy team, I don't look. I go out of my way not, not to look because I don't want to be part of that conversation because I I don't think I just don't think it's like yeah I don't I don't even want to be playing off those those teams like I I don't want to be sort of creating stuff in opposition to those squads mm-hmm. that I'm seeing. It's like I want to, basically what I've been doing 
it is so, what I think it is so simple, and I think it's been very effective so far, is I pay some money for one of these data sites. <laughs> and I, I do it for two. I pay for FPL Review and I pay for Fantasy Football Scout. I'll just come out. And actually, no, I, and Mikhail will talk about it. I sort of have to three charts, even though I pr- pretend that I'm like this field-based manager. I, I pay for three different sites. And I go through them and I look at their projections and I, I, I weigh them. I think about them. I do not blindly follow the projections, but I weigh them and I think about them. And I add in my own common sense and feelings combined with data. And that's it. And I, and that's really what I think is useful. And I think, you know, you know, I think on our podcast, we can give you information and I I can relay these opinions and I can also talk about the data that we've, that we pulled together, but I just don't think sharing a team on Twitter or wherever, and then talking about it like every which way is, that's a very American way to say that every, every which ways, um, (laughs) is, is super helpful. I mean, if you're really struggling with a particular decision or a particular player, I think that's one thing, but I think in general, I, I just, I'm outsourcing a lot of my, my knowledge because I, I just think it's like the smarter way to do it. It's, it it just, it just makes a lot of sense. And I, I I don't know, I think, I think in years past, and these models are not new. People talk about this stuff. Like it came out like six months ago, like FPL review gets like so much crap for this. This kind of modeling has been around for a decade in fantasy and it's just gotten more popular over the years. And so there's nothing wrong with it. It's not cheating. I mean, my goodness, if you did NFL fantasy, everybody is looking at models and data. Every like grand like, uh, points projections are up on every website. It's, it's totally ha- Have you different. seen the preview for the new Christopher Nolan movie Oppenheimer? There is a, yeah. one of the opening scenes is Oppenheimer uh, creating a, a pivot team. table for, for <laughs> fantasy selection. Yeah. It's like, that just tells you how long these things have been around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was doing it back, uh, you know, with um, Fat Man and Little Boy. What's that the name of the two atomic <laughs> yeah. bombs? Like, yeah, it's like, it's like a big man, man little man striker combination, uh, <laughs> except with atomic bombs. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting so fired up about this. It's just when I think about the template, I'm just like, it, it's it's fun to do it, and it's fun to post your team, and it's fun to be a little bit different. But I I, I don't know. I just feel like it's there's a lot of it's. I I think if you really start to look at a lot of other people's teams you don't, you lose your own kind of sense of what you should be doing. And I, I'm not saying you have to look at the data stuff at all. I like it because I don't mind. Like I want, I need a place to start personally. And some people just all want to go completely on feel. And I think that's totally fine as well. But I'm just saying this is what works for me, which is to ignore. And I, I really learned this after last year because I got really sucked into effective ownership stuff. And I was thinking about, oh, I should captain this player because their ownership is so high. Or, oh, I should transfer this in, this player in because they're the most transferred in player this week. And I felt like a robot. I felt like it, it, it's uh, uh, surprisingly using this kind using like some of the data that's out there has made me feel less like a robot because I feel like I really am adding my own feelings from there. And it's just I just need a starting place. So I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm like ranting right now. What do you think? Uh, about that's all this? fine. Let's see. Let's let's jump to our next question. Let's see if we can work some uh, some insights into Brian's questions okay. about like players we're actually we actually might like or fitting into our team. I'm curious to, if if you can name check some some guys you're thinking of here, Josh. But Brian wants us to talk about the double game week. He asks or double game weeks. Brian mm-hmm. asks, how are you approaching these slightly sparse? Double game weeks. Now we've kind of hinted at these. If you yeah. haven't been paying attention, these were announced by the Premier League and the FPL site because of you know, the, the Queen and other scheduling difficulties. But Chelsea have a double in game week nineteen, as do Fulham. Man City have a double in twenty and in twenty three, and Spurs have a double in game week twenty. So it's not like it's an embarrassment of riches. Like there is, there are, aren't a, a huge quantity of double game week teams here but these teams that are checked are interesting chelsea fulham city and spurs so uh how are you thinking of this is it like i've got to triple up on chelsea now i think it's gonna be hard to triple up on chelsea hard to find three players that i like enough um on chelsea to do it They, they were a pretty disappointing team fantasy wise this year i think uh for me it's kukurel and james are the two players that i'm considering uh Cucurell, i think is a little more appealing because he's 
0.7 cheaper. James, I was really worried about because he's come back from this knee injury. He has been in like every Chelsea has been going out of their way to put him in training photos. He's such a like beautiful man. Why wouldn't you he put him on your man. Instagram? That, that's true. That's true. He's a beautiful man. Uh, and so good for him. Good for his, good for his <laughs> handsomeness, good for his return from injury. Uh, so I, I guess I could, I would maybe consider a Kukurea James double, but that defense has not been strong this year. And Tiago Silva of all the players who left the world cup fairly early, who might be emotionally kind of hit by it. I, I think Tiago Silva's got to be way up there. Um, I mean, he basically took this, he went to Chelsea in a free in order to play for a top club and make sure he was going to be able to play for Brazil in the, in the 2022 world cup. And then they, they get knocked out. And I, you know, I think he might be struggling for motivation a, a little bit. I, this is just like armchair psychology stuff, but he, he's really the, you know, the center back anchor on that team. And so I, I worry a little bit that team wasn't the strongest defensively before he left uh, or, you know, before he left for the world cup. So doubling up on their defense feels weird. I, I guess I probably will have at least one, though, just to be ready for the double. And it might be something like Mason Mount and Kukurea. I guess those would be the two that I would be strongly considering. What about you when it comes to Chelsea? Think? I think it's Reese James because if and, and, and as, as you've noted there, Josh, the fitness is something that you have to be mindful of. And maybe yeah. you do just get Reese James in while we have unlimited transfers and you're prepared to have him rested or, or bench or not fit for game week yeah. for the Boxing Day game week. But I think Keppa is the other one strictly based on price. And a lot of us will already have Danny Ward at Leicester, who is at 4.0 or 4.1 or 2, wherever he is now, yep. if you're starting from scratch. I think he would be an interesting rotation with Keppa, Danny Ward and Keppa, because Keppa himself is trying to come back from injury. And I think once he's fit, he's definitely first choice over Edward Mendy, who, you know, it's not like Mendy reclaimed his form in the World Cup. So I'm yeah. just thinking of cheap ways. I'm kind of with you and I'm not uh, I'm not in love with Chelsea. So anything that's affordable, bar Reese James, who just because he is such an explosive fantasy asset when he is fit. But if you just look at the that first double for them, it's Manchester City, which is a very tough yeah. game. And like how much yep. faith do you have in, in Graham Potter? And it's followed by Fulham. Like, okay, so then so, yep. so then we say Fulham is the second half of that double. Fulham also double. And we've got Andreas Pereira, four point five midfielder. Uh, I saw you getting in a bust up with our friend Gianni Batici on Twitter about Who's the best cheap four point five midfielder I was joking, to have? But yeah, it wasn't a but yeah, it, it was a true yeah. bust up. I couldn't believe my eyes when I was watching it. And <laughs> um, uh, I think Pereira is is like this double further underscores what an imperative it is to have this guy in your fantasy team. Yeah, I think that uh, Pereira and um, Pereira and Mitro are are kind of like locks. I would say for my for my fantasy team coming out of a. Uh, with the with the that's sort of interesting you talk about the maybe i went a little too hard on the template thing brandon now i now i feel like i gotta walk back some of my strong okay. words all right, all right. Just, do you need to to that two de- minutes to like to, uh to retract anything or address well, anyone particular i just want to don't make it sound like everyone who follows the stuff is like a sheep because i mean uh, like to a degree the stuff picks itself right double game weeks combined with good fixtures you know, I mean, for, everyone's going to have three Man City players. And then and then you look at the players that have some strong fixtures and doubles coming up, right? And then it gets you like seven spots right there. So it's it's really about how you fill in those those other couple of spots. And, and I think with Chelsea, what makes the Chelsea thing fun is that you do have um, – there's going to be a little variety. Some are going to go for Kukurea, some are going to go for James, some are going to go for both. Uh, the Kepa thing worries me just because it, he is coming back from injury and they have so many matches in such a tight window that I worry that he might rotate a little bit with Mendy. I mean, I don't know. It's just like, I mean, I just can't trust Kepa. And and for you to and for you to be all in on Reese James, Brennan, he has been, I would say, the borderline bane of your existence the last two years. And so, sure. but you keep coming back for more. And I, you know, I think that's uh sure. I mean, you get, uh, what's that song? You get knocked down, you get up again, you know, it's yeah, that, cider that, drink, yeah. lager drink. It's all, it's all the same to me. I just, I, I love, <laughs> I love drinking. What can I say? You know, I'm trying to find some silver linings here. Uh, I'm trying to find some players who, who I want. I mean, if you're, are you, mm-hmm. if you're trying to sell me on Kukurea right now, I'm going to throw this, 
back at I'll throw this hot potato back at you. I don't want him either. So I know. It's only because Chilwell's out, and so I'm like, okay, I guess I can default to, to I think I, th- I think we I think we hit upon a brick of gold when you mentioned Mitro. Mitro looks, you know, classic Mitro for Serbia in the World Cup. There's no way uh he's he's not playing for Fulham. He had some issues with his ankles. Coming out yeah. of uh, the Premier League season into the World Cup, but I think he's yeah. You know, I don't know if it's like a, a Serbian way of playing yourself back into fitness. But you look at these Fulham fixtures into the double. It's Palace, Southampton, and then Leicester and Chelsea. Leicester and Chelsea, not like the optimal double, but I think because Mitro is on penalties and he is such a focal point, eh, like you would you would think you're gonna get a goal across those two matches in game week seven, uh, game week nineteen. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel too. I, I just feel like um, he's just—it's just too easy for him. And he also like has been sneaky good at at uh, creating assists as well. He's you know he's so it's not just—I mean I don't know. I mean he is he is in some ways a very pure forward, but mm-hmm. it feels like he's linked. He links up well, and I really like the way that he and Pereira have played together um, so far this season too. So I think uh, and also just like his ability to win pens, like it just feels he's like a. I don't want to say pen merchant, Brandon. You know, you throw around terms like pen merchant, people start to, uh, you know, uh, get a little mad at you. But I think that he is mm-hmm. um, the, the guy. The guy You're knows one step penalty. away from flat track bully at that point. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's where I am. Per- Pereira, Mitro. I mean, Mason Mount. Do we? we sh- I guess we could talk about Mason Mount. No, I mean, no, I no. We're done with we're done with Chelsea. We're done with Chelsea. <laughs> okay. Let, all right. Let's, all right. Let's, move, let's move on to Manchester yeah. City because the, yeah. this yeah. is the linchpin. Like we we put it off for long enough. So City have two doubles coming up. Uh, um, uh, and in game week twenty, it's Manchester United Spurs. Kind of like, oh, okay, that's a that's like a huge matzo ball right there. And then you have to wait until game week twenty three, where they've got Villa and. Arsenal. So, yeah. pick three city players, Josh. Yeah, uh, down is up and up is down here, Brandon. As you consider a, a cheap keeper, I am strongly considering Ederson, which I I almost never have expensive keepers in fantasy, but I just like the simplicity of it. I think he's going to start every match. They have the the two doubles, and the big question for me is: Do I want to mid? Do I want a midfielder? From Chelsea, Cancelo and Holland pick themselves, I think, and and from there it's, uh, you know, which other, especially because Cancelo didn't even play that many minutes on the stretch of Portugal, so it's not mm-hmm. like he's, you know, he's he's played fewer minutes than he would have if he just stayed for, for Man City. It was a normal year, um, and so then it's do I want Kevin De Bruyne? Mm, not really, because I'm considering a, an attacking trio of of Kane, uh, Holland, and Salah, so I won't be able to afford De Bruyne anyway. Uh, Phil Foden, who's Reese James levels of frustrating, uh, you know, zero points, one point or 18 points are the only outcomes you get with, with Phil Foden. Um, but those 18 pointers are, are few and far between. You never quite know where you're going to be getting with him. Um, or I, I don't even know. I mean, from there, you're like looking at Bernardo Silva, Ilkay Gundogan, another defender perhaps, but they Mara's. have forced Mares. That's a, that definitely not. And, you know, then it's like, I mean, Mars is another super frustrating player. Just, from, I, I mean, Mars maybe has like a little more appeal because Alvarez won't be back right away. I, I have to imagine. So, um, I don't know. Are you considering Mar- Riyad Mars? No. Okay. <laughs> no. All no, right. I, Just make sure. Kinda, yeah. I, I kind of yeah. said it said it tongue in cheek because Mares yeah. he he is one of those players who always pops up in these moments of yeah. uh, uncertainty slash creativity yeah. slash imagination. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I would scare people away from him. I agree. So I, I'm I'm with you. Like as you go down the list, the uh, the makeup of a fantasy team makes most sense to go Ederson because Cancelo and Holland. I do I do agree are sort of mortal locks. People are yeah. complaining about Cancelo's price tag and what you get in return, and uh, I'm a I'm a happy Cancelo owner. You know, I love living in this neighborhood. People think this neighborhood is a little too fancy, this gated Cancelo community. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> my paper gets delivered on time. Yeah. Uh, I can trust my neighbors. Uh, it's all good. So um, yeah. w- with 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 all that, I think Ederson, yeah, as 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 you suggest, it's clean. It's easy. Yeah. And the reason you sometimes don't um 
go with it with a goal, with a goalkeeper from a premium team is it does lock you out of that third spot. Um, it's, it's it's just try you know because at some point it, there I could be in a position where I have to move my goalkeeper to open up a spot for another player for Man City and you just never. Just in general, I almost never want to make a goalkeeper move. That's just, especially just you know when it's kind of like a, I'm just I'm just doing it to fund a different player in a, in a squad or whatever. So, um, but I I think because of the doubles and I mean the the doubles are kind they're not amazing. Um, you know it's Man United, Spurs, uh, Aston Villa, Arsenal, but Arsenal yeah you know, the Arsenal matches away, the Man United matches away. Wouldn't be stunning if they conceded in those. But I'm also not going to go into those matches without three Man City players. I'm just not going to go to man, a double game week without, without three players from Man City. And so if you kind of just like X out all the ones you don't want, then you're sort of like, well, and, and Ederson's only 5.4 million. It's, it's not an outrageous price at all. I mean, we have had seasons before Brandon where you went in and there were keepers that were 6 million or, you know, or, or more. And mm-hmm. so at five, at 5.4, he's a relative bargain. I think that he, it's, it's not unreasonable to consider him. So I, and I just don't trust Keppa enough to have him. And I guess the other one would be someone like Leno on Fulham, um, Hugo Lloris. I think it's, it's too soon, uh, just with the, with the world cup stuff. And, you know, I mean, who knows what, what kind of state he's going to be in, right? Like the ones who actually made it to the final, that is a tough, that's going to take a while to get over. I think like Saliba, does that affect him at all? I don't really know. Like maybe, but it's, it's out there. Uh, I think Saliba kind of gets out the back door because nobody saw him, barely saw him uh, play yeah, play true. a minute. But Hugo Lloris, he looked like a, he looked like a ghost to go back to your military metaphors. <laughs> yeah. Like he looked like he just returned from the Maginot yeah. line or something. Metaphor. Like that. <laughs> it was just one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I and so so that that does get us to Spurs, who are the fourth and final team who double across the uh, course of the next five or six. Game week Spurs have that Arsenal City magical double up. So you mentioned Kane. Um, Kane is up there with Hugo as as people who basically their lasting memory of the World Cup tournament will be penalties and them be just being not fun things. Kane, yep. I, I mean, I think the odds are Kane is the probably will not be affected or he will be affected in a positive way i mean how much how much is this like kane just being like i gotta get back get back up and show him what i made of versus kane not getting his move to manchester city because his brother accidentally signed a five-year contract and kane (laughs) decided to sulk around for six months or or so like which version of kane are you predicting we get in game week 17 he has to know that he played well in that quarterfinal like he has to know that he it was not his fault. Yeah, you know it's he needs. I hope, I hope he has a Robin Williams type to to grab him by the shoulders and 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 remind him repeatedly that it's not his fault. Uh, it, you know, as uh, to to borrow a, a Goodwill Hunting reference there. I I think that he's really. I I think I think Kane will be okay. He's also a pro. He's been through this before. He's got a lot of caps. A lot of heartbreak with England to be to be quite blunt about it. And so I, I think that he's going to be okay. Uh, I, and I do feel bad for him cause I really, I, I, I you know, I, I, I don't think he's really turned into the goat. It doesn't seem like the press has destroyed him. Um, I think there's the yeah, scapegoat, um, right? the way, yeah, the, the scapegoat. Exactly. So, um, all right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think when it comes to Spurs though, just, just to finish your, your thought there on, on Spurs, I, I think it's the only other one that I would, I, I guess I would consider would be Kulisevsky. Uh, son is a little too pricey, but. Can I interest you in a, in a Kulisevsky brand? He didn't play in the World Cup, right? Because Sweden weren't there. So he's yes. he's fresh, fresh and ready. Yeah, I mean, he he's one of the best players for Spurs, certainly. And the, the issue with him prior to the World Cup break is that he did have that injury. So he's back. I guess I'm in this limbo of opinion on Kulisevsky, where it is a player I like, player mm-hmm. I believe in, player who I haven't really seen do something to get him back into my team at an $8 million price tag in the last few months. This is a, what have you done for me lately? So I think if you go for Kulisevsky, it is uh, a risk, but certainly an educated risk in that, you know what he's capable of. I think it's, it's one that can pay off, but then like, do you believe in these fixtures? 
Brentford Villa Palace, followed by that double of Arsenal and City. I think I just grab it. If like if you're gonna go for Spurs, I think with those fixtures, I feel like you've got to go in with the big guns. You have to go with Harry Kane because I think through him is probably the only way that Spurs are gonna see a lot of fantasy output. I think so too. I I if Kulsevsky was seven million, I I mean. It comes back to your boy again, Brendan. I just, I think I, I might have to go with Mason. God, Mason Mount has been the most this this season. I, I have had him a couple different times, and I've gotten absolutely nothing out of him. Uh-huh. It, it's, but he is cheaper. I keep He's cheaper to get than you away from Chelsea, and you keep coming back. I can see Mason Mount is haunting your dreams. All right, tell talk to well, talk me through this. How do we get past this Mason Mount thing? He he's really done nothing. He's got two goals and three assists in the season. He's at a great price, right? Sterling at nine point seven million is just is just too much. Mount seven point five million. If you don't go with him, it, it's you got to go with Havertz, who nobody wants in fantasy, and uh, Aubameyang. Oh, nobody, nobody, nobody. But he's I mean, come on, he he deserves he deserves that uh, that <laughs> flack. Um, and Sterling Sterling's been terrible, honestly. He's he's not play well at all for for chelsea the christmas um, list for the josh landon household is getting shorter and shorter this this episode i love it it's funny yeah i i i'm in a good mood i i guess i but i also enjoy i enjoy being a hater from time to time and so maybe i'm just i'm just in my i'm getting in my stride right now cool. brandon i let's uh, go I like to uh, let's let's you know, let's let's do Josh's naughty list. I love this. I see them. I see them rolling. I'm hating, Brandon. That, that's my that's my feeling. Um, so, all right, we had a question about Chelsea. I think we answered that. Top three attacking premium assets. The question that Lucas asked. I think you and I are simpatico here, right? Mohamed Salah, uh, Erlen Holland. I forgot his name for a second. And and Harry Kane. I think those are those are the three that I'm that I'm looking at that covers you for the doubles. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about Liverpool one iota yet. I mean, is there anyone else in Liverpool that you're thinking? Of? What are you, what are your thoughts on Darwin? I know you're kind of a Darwin guy. I'm pro Darwin. Now I am. My judgment in Darwin is clouded, and I'll tell you why. Uh, <laughs> at at NYC Fest. Uh, Fest New York, I can't remember what we called it, where we hosted like 100 fantasy managers and up here in Brooklyn. I made a yep. bet with somebody there, Marlon, if you're listening, that Gabriel mm-hmm. Jesus would, by the end of the season, have more fantasy points than Darwin Nunez. Now, I was on the side of Gabriel Jesus. Something major has changed since that bet was made. I felt like it was easy money at the time. Uh, Lo and behold, Jesus is going to be out for three months, if not longer. We'll see. So what do you do in this situation? I feel like I bring Darwin into my fantasy team because it is... It will be salve for the wound of me losing this bet as Darwin starts scoring points in <laughs> Jesus's absence. Um, but I, I think Darwin is interesting in, in a situation where you're taking a punt and not going to have Mo Salah. There are still Salah doubters out there in terms of he's not worth the thirteen million that you'd have sure. to pay for him. I do yep. think Darwin is a very interesting. Uh, cover, shall we say? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I actually really love the idea of having both of them. If you you go back and and look at the Liverpool fixtures to start, it's Villa, Leicester, Brentford, and uh, Salah and Darwin are have already played a friendly for Liverpool, a club friendly. Yeah, uh, since Darwin yeah. got back from the World Cup, and Darwin has scored, so has Salah. I you love to see this going into game week seventeen if you're looking at Liverpool for fantasy. I think I just don't buy the consistency yet. Like give me Metro because the problem is if you go if you go Kane and you go Holland, then then Darwin takes Metro's spot if you have him. And I think I just trust Metro more at a cheaper price than than I do Darwin. And I think that's really my my default. I mean, uh, Darwin is at nine million. Mitro's at six point eight. And so, if I'm going with that premium lineup, I, I'm going to need that extra two point two million. If I'm going Ederson, Brandon, you know I love my premium keepers. <laughs> if I've got my expensive yeah. uh, 
Ederson up there. I'm going to yeah. need all the all the cash I can get to 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 bring in my boy Mason Mount. I just have a lot of players I really love, Brandon, that I'm bringing in. Quite a turn, quite a turn here. <laughs> I I think there is a version of a draft where Darwin takes Harry Kane's place. I have a draft saved okay. that that uh, I don't have Kane, and that's how okay. you get Mitro, Darwin, and Holland across the front. You could probably have like four Man United players if you did that. I wish. I wish because yeah. I love Manchester United. I love them so. No, yeah. Uh, I, I think, I, and, and speaking of, I think for me, I, I, can't, I can't rationally disagree with Holland, Kane, and Salah as the three premiums, but I think Bruno Fernandez is, he has the potential to bust in there with a strong performance in game week 17. I think Darwin and Bruno both have the potential. I they have not really realized it so far this season, and and Bruno is on, is on a bit of a lasting slump. Although I thought he had a great World Cup, and and Ronaldo has been Bruno's kryptonite uh, mm-hmm. for basically his entire time there. So without him there, I think that really helps Bruno as well. So I don't want to come in overly hot on either of those two players because I actually like Darwin and Bruno. But my feeling is I don't want to take a flyer on them until I. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm willing to concede some early points from them uh, in order to wait and see if they actually deliver first. And if they do, I will happily, you know, I'll try to get in early. I'm not going to, I don't need to see it for six weeks, but I want to see at least a couple, a week yeah. or two where they look really strong before I like strongly consider them. Yeah, no, I, I think that's very, very sensible indeed. All right, Honcho Luke is up next. Uh, and he wants to know, are you worried about Arsenal attackers without Jesus? Aha. Arsenal, league leaders, what's going to happen? Luke goes on to ask, uh, with meh fixtures and no Jesus, I'm tempted to ditch Martinelli despite the team value hit. So um, in that draft I mentioned, I I had to change Martinelli to Somerville at Leeds. And Martinelli does look like he could be the, the make weight if you need to get a million. And... I don't know how I feel about that. I think I'm kind of yeah. with Luke thinking about how Jesus's absence really does um, not neuter, but it's it's going to impact this Arsenal yeah. squad. And I I don't think it impacts Arsenal so far that they like just become a bad team. I just yeah. think it's going to be harder for them to score goals. I think that's true. I mean, I, an Arsenal without Jesus and, and Ketia up front looks a lot like Arsenal at the end of last season, which was not, it was fine, but it was not like a team that we were all running to, to own in fantasy. I think there's at least, my feeling about about Martinelli, AA, we, we got him really cheap, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's still, uh, you know, if, if you got him early, he was at 6 million, now he's at 6.8. And so it, 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 it's a serious investment. And I think there's at least a remote chance that Finketia doesn't deliver that, that or, or honestly, if, if, you know, it's just either. Okay. Let me just formulate my thought here. Either Martinelli is actually tacitly in the line, which is something that I think he could do. And he was actually kind of brought in as a forward initially. Um, or he is just sort of tasked to take it on more of the scoring burden um, with, 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 uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, Gabriel Jesus didn't score that much anyway. But I, I think that it's. I, I mean, I think I'm, I'm totally with you there. I think it throws me off a little bit. It makes me worried about the whole club because Gabriel Jesus could kind of do everything. He had a terrific season. And a lot of it was tracking back to win the ball right off the, you know, uh, way you know deep in the opposition's half. He just kind of did it like you know, deep in his own half, and it just like it was, it was just really. Uh, just a really impressive player, and it made it made things easier for everyone else to score. And I think so. It, may, it would throw me off like a Saka Martinelli d- double up. I would say, mm-hmm. but I'm probably just going to keep Martinelli for now. I think I, I feel pretty invested in in him, and I, I just it's like I want to see him play worse without Jesus before I before yeah. I cut bait. And not lest we forget the January transfer window will be opening up in a few short weeks, and. Right. Uh, no doubt Arsenal will be in for another number nine. I mean, knee yeah. injuries, I'm terrified for Jesus. Like the, his yeah. his game that he's playing for Arsenal is he is basically in a dead sprint for 90 minutes and uh, coming yeah. off of a horrible knee injury, does he ever play like that 
again, maybe the, at 95% even, and it's a, yeah. it's a different Jesus. So uh, yeah. I, I think keeping Martinelli is is intriguing because you know Arsenal are going to strengthen in the transfer window so they can hold their their table position at the very least, if not still challenge for the title. Yeah, I... It's such a bummer. I, I, it was like a low key thing that dropped, um, you know, in December. And I've, I don't know, just, I, I, I really, I, they've been kind of the story of the year so far. And so I, I, I don't know, I have nothing else to add. I, I hope, I hope that it works out. But I, I think fantasy wise, I'm still going to just kind of, kind of wait and see. And I, it probably means I end up with just, with just Martinelli, though. I'll say that as my final, my final thought on that. Yeah. So, so you're out on the Arsenal defense, I guess, because Arsenal defense has kind of been a, an ever present thing this season, mostly because they're so cheap, but they have been yeah. really defensively resilient. But I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't see how they how that necessarily changes because their midfield is that strong. I don't think Arteta is going to be so dumb to think that he yeah. doesn't have to slightly change change up his tactics and he will want to keep yeah. a few clean sheets here. Yeah, maybe maybe I spoke too soon there. I'm just I'm, I'm real. I'm off the cuff tonight, Brandon. Remember, we're running into form just like these players are. <laughs> but I think uh, I guess I'll, I, I have Ben White, who I got at, at 4.5. He's up to 4.7 now. They play. They host West Ham. Play away to Brighton. Hosts Newcastle in their first three. Those are really kind of reasonable fixtures. So I, I suppose I'll I'll just ride with with White. I, I don't know. Do you, you did you you have Saliba still right? I do, and yeah. I think. Yeah, I think he may maintain his position just just based on price Same. and I, defense. I don't know if Saliba goes. If I decide to get a Chelsea defender, I think it's the basically the rubric that we have here. Right. You don't right. have an Arsenal defender if you have a Chelsea defender. I would suggest you kind of start to run out of spots a little bit, unless yeah. you're going with more like a four three three. Uh, which I guess maybe is what it, what I'll ultimately come in with Pereira as kind of my like a rotatable player because you could have something like Ben White, Cancelo, Trippier, and a Chelsea defender, and then and then someone cheap, at, mm-hmm. you know, for, for the, in that fifth spot, and then so you but you want to start those players a lot, right? So then to be four, and then I, I definitely going to have three forwards. So then it's yeah, I mean then then you're maybe looking at Salah, Martinelli. And then one other player, possibly Mason Mount, and then and then and then Pereira in one other spot as well could possibly be Leon Bailey, honestly, which which I, I cannot believe he's still in my team, Brandon. But he's four point five million. He's been playing well. I don't know what it's like. He's so Mason cheap. Mount, Leon Bailey within third within thirty, nay, fifteen seconds of of a mention. That's wonderful stuff. That's wonderful stuff. You're you're absolutely right. <laughs> so um, that's that is. I think I think we've covered a lot of ground here. I think that's that, I think we're good for today. Uh, game week seventeen, as a reminder, kicks off early on uh, early on Monday, and uh, I mean, we'll try to do a, a short Patreon pod. Later. Uh, I, I think you've got some travel stuff, Brandon, but I'll try to do at least a, a short solo Patreon pod later this week uh, and talk about um, about the actual fixtures uh, for game week twenty six. But kicks things off with Brentford hosting Chelsea, and Brentford are. That feels like when Brentford have the spotlight for a home match, it is usually <laughs> yeah. bad news for the team that they're playing. So uh, that almost like scares me off. Uh, uh, certainly, any non-Kane Chelsea assets going into Spurs. You mean not, not Chelsea? The other the other London side, yeah. Spurs. It's getting late. It's you know all these false starts, Brandon. It's it's, it's a, turning a late night over Wait, here. Can you tell we've done like like twenty two straight podcasts for the World Cup? Uh, yeah, yeah. The the, the uh, it's it's not burnout. It's it's just our 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 bodies are <laughs> so out. fit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our bodies are so fit um, that uh, yeah, it's just uh, running too much power through them. I guess is the situation. All right. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad like having that conversation actually really kind of helped um, tweak my own thinking, but there is lots of tinkering to do. And good news to our Patreon supporters, as you said, Josh, we'll definitely be in touch with them and, and chatting about our teams and, and their teams uh, for the next week. And we'll, we're will we going to get right for Boxing Day. It's going to be fun. I think it'll be fun, too. I I, I, I kind of agree. I feel like I, I have run myself into, into 
uh, think like mental shape, just thinking about the return of, of, of fantasy as we, as we went through this pod. So, uh, thanks everyone for supporting the podcast. Uh, extra special thanks to everyone who supports the podcast on Patreon. Uh, we really genuinely could not do it without our Patreon supporters. Uh, you can visit patreon.com slash always cheating to support the podcast, uh, get those bonus pods, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, Brian, do you want to thank our producer patrons? Yeah. Big thanks to producers, Mike DePietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy, Chris Howell, to Big Gaffer, Bob's Coon, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus, Janos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Uwong, Shiv Morjoria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Volger Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Robert Morals, Thomas Tislove, and Noah and Louise. Rate, review, subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on social media. Twitter ain't dead yet. Twitter's thriving. Just give me all. We thrive in chaos, fantasy That's managers. True. That's Follow, true. That's true. Give, give us a follow at Hail Cheaters, Instagram, Facebook, etc. And visit our website for all this information and more. Alwayscheating.com. Uh, rah, rah, FPL, I guess. Um, get, get us out of here, Josh. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll see you in a week. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.